What's going on, world? Welcome to Mentality Unchained. I'm your boy, Kevin Thomas, the host, uh, the therapist, uh, whatever you want to call me, but I'm just a black man. So uh, we're going to get into the show today. But first, my co-host. Jaleel. Jaleel Wavy. And we got two special guests today. We got Stephen Marshall and we got uh, Antonio Tony Turner. And so we'll let them say a little bit uh, about their backgrounds, where they come from, what they do, and then we'll get into our, our topic for today. Go ahead, bro. You want me to start? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, all right. So, uh, yeah, I'm Steven Marshall. Uh, I'm a counselor. I'll be finishing up my grad school, all my licensure in about a month here. I got a mini little mini series on, on Instagram called Trauma Talks, just breaking down trauma um, and how it affects the black community, what it means specifically. Uh, so you can follow me at S period D-O-T under, underscore counselor. I got like four or five episodes on there. I got more coming. And in the works of writing a book on, on, on trauma and some other things that, that accompany trauma. So just, you know, overall mental health, mental wellness for the black community is, is, is for sure my, uh, my viewpoint where I'm at with it. Okay, I guess it's my turn. I'm uh, Antonio Tony, Tony Turner, uh, known as Conscious Coaching for a lot of people. I also am a United Way neighborhood, strong neighborhoods coach. But my focus is basically creating opportunity for uh, marginalized and oppressed people in the community, mainly black and brown people, and being the, the conduit. You know, a lot of people try to be one-stop shops, but that's not what I want to be. What I want to be is the one to connect people to the resources that they need, you know, and, and to me, everything is 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 base rooted in uh, mental health and uh, wellness. So that's what I do currently right now. Uh, well, I have two things in the works right now. This year will be our third year doing uh, the all black graduation. Uh, and that's to motivate uh, African-Americans from children to adults to continue to pursue education. That will be on June 19th. On Juneteenth, we will be I'll be collaborating with uh, Tommy Meeks this year, and we're going to put both of our venues together to make an even bigger impact. You know, so once again, working on that collaboration piece. And the other thing I have going right now, the second year for the 815 Stop Killing. Right now, this year, uh, the campaign is 126 reasons. So here in Rockford, from 2017 to 2020, there have been 126 people that have been uh, murdered. So the 126 reasons are those are those individuals who um, have been taken away from their families, from their children, and, and so on. So we just really wanna push that message and uh, drive it home, especially within our community as we address everything else that's going on around us. So that's what's currently in the works for Conscious Coaching right now. Wow, well, I appreciate uh, you fellas joining us to talk about some of the things that is plaguing our communities. And, and another thing is that, you know, it's, it's really hard to get brothers together to talk in, about anything. And so to be able to get four brothers with the same type of mindset and the same, I think I would say, uh, end goal of how to help our people, what, what do we need to be doing in our communities? And then to uh, mental health, believe it or not, is a huge, uh, 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 undercurrent right now in the black community. And I don't think we're aware of it, uh, probably based on not being educated about it. Uh, but I do say 
that, you know, with people like myself and even Steven here, uh, this, I think this is going to be a, a long friendship for me and Steven because we're in the same field and I believe in helping people out. And especially when it's a, a young brother that is doing the same thing that I'm doing. And it's not about uh, competition. It's about how do we come together and help our people. And, and I can't do it alone, you know what I'm saying? So I, I, I'm definitely gonna be looking forward to working with Steven in the future. Uh, but so let's just jump right into our, our topic today. So, so Jaleel and I, you know, we've been dealing with some issues, talking about some stuff that we wanted to put out, some real good content. And for some reason, we we felt the need this morning. I mean, it was just like spur of the moment type of stuff. We was no, like, hey, you, we you did that. You oh, did that. Did. You called me at nine o'clock in the morning. Very disrespectful, by the way, because I was <laughs> cooking. I was chilling. You called me early. And it was like, hey, I got to get this off my chest. So them eggs could have them eggs could have waited, man. So, you know, no, nah, but seriously. So the last couple of days we've been experienced um, what I call racial trauma. And so that's the topic we're going to speak about today. Uh, a lot of people don't know, and and most people in the counseling world don't look at it as racial trauma. They will put it in the same category as PTSD. But uh, I will say this, when it comes to PTSD, you have to have so many other symptoms to make up one PTSD. But you only need one symptom to have racial trauma, and that is being Black. That is being a person of color. Here's how it works. Racial trauma works when something happens and, and you experience it to, uh, to the degree of shock or uh, you can't believe what had just happened and you find yourself years, months, even days down the line having trouble trying to uh, function in a daily, in a daily, on a daily basis. And so we find ourselves struggling with the fact that this black man just got shot. And I want that to sink in for a minute. This black man just got shot. And so now I'm thinking, what about my uncle? I'm thinking about my brother. I'm thinking about my son, my 17-year-old son that drives, new driver on the streets. I'm thinking about all that kind of stuff. That's that racial trauma piece that we, we deal with. We can go back to Tray, Trayvon Martin. Now here we are, we with George Floyd last year, re-traumatizing ourselves over and over again. And I don't think people really understand the effect that when black men get shot, murdered, uh, battered, all these things, it affects us as a whole. So I, I would like to, you know, start this thing off like this. So, so Stephen, you coming into this mental health field, you're about to graduate, you're about to take your NCE to be uh, a counselor. Uh, what's your thoughts on how this, all these things, that are happening in the news with the with the Derek Derek Chauvin, you know, they trying to get him off on George Floyd, and 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 then we we talking about uh, the pepper spray, Mister uh, 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 the the second lieutenant, you yeah. know, his name Jim, is kind of hard. Getting, yeah, his name yeah, kind of hard to say. Nazar, what is it, Nazarek or something like that? I don't even know. But then you okay. also had Dante Wright. Dante Wright, yeah, tw and, uh, 20, 20 years old. Yeah literally like miles away from where they having a trial at for yes. their child. Yeah. 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 So, so you, Steven coming into this thing as a new counselor, what's your thoughts on, on, on what's going on and how it's affecting our people? Um, 
Well, I mean, like we say, so even if you take the words just racial trauma, obviously we know the definition of race and racial how you know our you know biological genetic makeup, but then trauma again, like like I cover in my trauma talks, we have we gotta understand how you know the definition of that. So how we know that you know it affects the hippocampus and that's all I know like medical terms, but like it right. affects our brain. You know, trauma affects our brain, it affects our body, it affects our future. Um, it affects you know the way that we think, the way that we move. So like I mean, a quick story right quick before I get back to it. It's crazy because I didn't know when Jaleel hit me today, I didn't know Tony was going to be on here. So this is my, right, right. This is my big brother, like for real, my yeah. big brother. So like, yeah. I never forget, what was it, bro? Like two, three years ago, we was both in school and the way our school hours was, we was working a, a weekend shift at Lowe's Distribution Center. And this was during, who was it, bro? Alton Sterling. See, it's crazy. I, you know, you got to remember. It's Alton too Sterling. many people. It's too it's many too- people. Like, oh, right, literally right. forget names. So we on break, me and bro, probably two or five black people in the break room, probably about 50, 50 people, you know, majority white, obviously. And it's during a trial. Now it didn't happen. It was during a trial. And uh, so obviously, again, we work around all white people and they just showing it on loop. The the, the murder on loop, wow. on loop, on loop, on loop. And I, I'm looking and it was my first, I'm looking at bro like, bro, like what well, they steady showing this is white people all around us. We got to go back and, and, and work with white people. Yes. It's just like, you know, it affects, again, it affects your body, it affects your brain. Um, but to get back just as far as, you know, being a counselor coming into the field, I think that's the most important part, just understanding it, understanding what it means, understanding how it affects. Because again, too, like you gotta, we gotta know like working with clients or for me, so my specialization is school counseling. Okay. So I'm a school counselor. I mean, a lot of these kids, they may, obviously they seeing it way, way more now. So with, you know, Rodney King back in the day, if you wasn't watching the news, you probably weren't seeing it. But now, you know, right. my son, a 13 year old son, he got a phone. So he see this stuff, he see this stuff on the loop all the time, like we see it. But also some of these kids see this stuff in their community, you know, and it may not be a murder, but they see a police batter somebody, beat somebody up in their community. You know what I mean? They see right. this stuff. So like that, that racial trauma goes even beyond just, you know, what we seeing on the news, like they, they growing up in this. So again, how is that, how is it affecting their brain? I'll let bro talk about, cause I know, you know, again, that's my brother. So we already, we always know what each other got going to work. So I know he got something to work as far as police and stuff, right, right. that, that relationship, but like, you know, even that, you know, all the, all these things. So it's like, you know, I look at it as, you know, okay, we understand that this is racial trauma. What, like, how do we fix, how do we get past, you know, from a systemic standpoint, you know? You're- that's a good that's a good question. And I think that's a great segue uh, to uh, what what Tony's doing with the the conscious cult, uh, the conscious conscious counseling type of stuff is that you 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 have to find a solution. It can't always be about the problem. This is something that Tony and I talked about earlier. It's like everything can't be about the problem. We got to start looking at what's the solution. So so uh, just just a little bit about my learning process when it came to counseling that may help you along the way, uh, Stephen, as you get to go, is as you get going, is that uh, we as the counselor, as a therapist, we have to make sure that we're meeting people where they are. We It is not for us to uh, put our education on them and go down the line telling them about our credentials and, 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 and saying, you know, these are the things that you must understand about your brain. That's cool. That's cool for you and I, but they ain't trying to hear that. Right. So that goes to what 
Tony and I was talking about earlier was Maslow hierarchy of needs. You have to meet the needs of the people before you can even try to get through to them what needs to be uh, they need at that point. So with Tony, you know, I know you you starting to work with a lot of the young brothers, which is good. How do we start to bring this thing together and, and, and move this thing forward? Well, what to be actually. To, to be factual, I started really working with the kids. Like, well, see, well, story real quick. Me and Kevin, we met through working at yep. the group home. Okay, right. so I was on the unit and he was the therapist for our unit. So to be honest, Kevin was the first black male therapist that I've ever met. Okay. I, didn't know, I didn't know that, bro. <laughs> I mean, I've never met a black therapist before a day in my life. Kevin was the first black male therapist I met. So we was on the unit and we was running the group. Okay. And we were talking about the issues that they have. And bro, you kind of know me. I'm like, I at first, like, because this was, this was a, a channel that I hadn't opened yet and I didn't understand it. So I've been used to running groups and I'm always working the groups on, okay, bam, why did you do this? Let's, let's trace back to the reason of why you did this and did that. So I'm working with the girls and I'm coming at them like, Hey, you know, well, let's figure out why you did this. And Kevin says, why are you hurting? Hmm. And I'm like, man, we're trying to get to this issue. <laughs> Right, they got a right. problem going on. Yeah. I need to sit this down before the night, right, before right. the night come in, because I ain't going to be stuck here all night. That's right. what I was thinking, because I know Kevin about to ride in about an hour. Yep. So I'm like, I got to shut this down. But he's talking, <laughs> keep saying, like, why are you hurting? Why are you hurting? Yeah. So, you know, we went on and whatever, and he just kept saying that, you know, and the situation kind of mellowed out, but the individual never said nothing. So later on in the evening, the individual walks up to the desk and just gets to balling, talking wow. about all of her trauma yep. and why she see things in a certain way. Yeah. So yeah. now I said all of that to say this, like we're never asking or looking at the reasons of why our people are hurting, Yeah. why they are angry. Yeah. You know, even when it comes to, even when it comes to uh, police brutality, to education, um, to housing, to political issues, we're never asking our people, why are they hurting? And we, if you really, once you really get to figure it out, our people are hurting because they're not educated in the areas they need to in order to advocate and provide for themselves. Right. And, and on, the same, on the same token, we're not connecting them to those pieces of advocation. So what I learned from working with the kids is I'm working with the kids and then I started doing stuff in the schools. I'm helping this kid for two, three, four, maybe six hours a week. But them two hours I'm with that kid, that kid still has to go home and be in that environment for another 16 hours. That's just in that day. Right. That's not including that week. So right. this kid goes home to a household where they may be getting physically abused. Um, sexually abused, you know, it may not be enough food, you know, the housing situation. So it's all kind. they have all kinds of trauma going on, right? And I think this also plays into the part of the, the desensitizement that our people feel or see when it comes to violence, right? 
Because when you grow up and you deal with a lot of violence, that's why it's easier to throw or put, put on the TV a police officer killing a black man. It's easy to put on the TV uh, a black man killing a black man. But here's the thing that's hard, right? And I talked about this in class today when we was going over the list. There's just as many women that there is men, and these are black women. Right, right. But you, but society can't put a black woman on the screen huh. like that. And the reason society can't put a black woman on the screen like that is harder to defame that black woman. Right, right. But normally, most of these black women are Afrocentric, unapologetically strong black women that are teaching their black sons how to stand up and deal with things. So yeah. that's a whole picture that we ain't even looking at. Yeah. yeah. And I'm glad you brought that up, too, because uh, Jalil and I talk a lot about, you know, about fathers. And, and I'm going to we're going to do a special uh uh, in a couple of weeks, starting in June, about fathers and their place in the home. But Jalil and I talk a lot about uh, the residual effect that an absent father has on a young black man. Uh, it just doesn't stop when that father walks out of that out of their lives at you know four or five or or or, or, or even ten, you know, or just leave at birth. It continues throughout their lifespan. And this is one of the things that when I'm in, in counseling with a young black brother is I'm going to the root of what's actually happened currently, because if you can't go to the root, you're just putting band-aids and you're just, you know, glossing over what the real issue is. If you can't attack the root of the problem, then it's always going to continue to be a problem. And there is there will be left residue on that young man. And so I think that we have to make sure that we're recognizing that element of what you're talking about, Tony. And I know, uh, uh, Jaleel, when we talk about this kind of stuff, and I, I know we do this father and stuff all the time. We talk about it. I mean, as a young man, you seeing all this stuff that's happening out there in, in these streets. And, and I don't want to take anything from what, what young people think. I'm not saying that I'm old, but I'm not young either. But, you know, I want to I want to hear what you feel and what you think from a, a, a perspective of a young black man uh, in his early 20s, late 20s. Like you mentioned earlier, you say you think about your son or you think about your cousins or your brothers. I see this stuff. I think about myself. You know, I see the name and I see it. And I'm like, that could easily be me. I get nervous anytime I see a police officer drive by. So it's like that's the stuff I think about. And then I also think about after it's said and done. It's like I kind of replay a situation that happens. Like, oh, if I get killed by a police, like, what are they going to say about me? Mm -hmm. I did nothing wrong, but you're still trying to make me out to be the criminal, the enemy. And I literally did nothing. I constantly think about all the time, anytime these things come up. And it's like, I know you called kind of angry, but to be honest, I'm kind of numb to it. I can't even lie. We see it so much. Yeah, I get upset in the moment. But it's like something, it's like a switch that's like, all right, I got to go on about my day. I got to go back to work. I got to go be around all these white people. I can't be mad at work because I got to go. I got to put on a, a brave face, go to work, cut somebody out or something. I think that's what Steven was kind of hitting at, too, is because, like, your generation, that's pretty much all y'all have known, like, violence. It just seemed like, you know, it's been, it was an era in the time when I was growing up. <clears throat> 
where Rodney King was probably the only thing that resembled any type of violence like, like that. You know what I mean? And, and you know, I know the '60s they had all that that stuff going on, but at the end of the day, I ha- I didn't experience that. Now I did experience growing up in the projects and growing up in the South, and what that did to me as a result of of, of being in that environment. But that's all you guys know. So you get you get up. Oh, some somebody dead. Somebody got shot. You know, it's just normal to you guys, and 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 so we got to stop normalizing. The killing of, of innocent black men, I, and I'm not saying innocent in the way of crime. I'm talking about does it have to go to the point of killing a man? You know what I mean? So I I, I get I get that you know, but I still need you to think a little bit more on hey you know yeah it happened and, and it's another day, but that could have been me, like you said, that could have been me. I guess what I did. So I was so angry last night. I, I was up late just thinking about it and just just writing journaling because I needed to clear my head. It wasn't nobody to talk to. And so this morning, I I was driving with my son. We were driving and I'm telling him, you can't pull over right here. Do you see any street lights? You don't see any street lights, so don't pull over right here. Go up here. Here's some lights right here. Make sure that you see some people. I mean, why do we have to do that? Why, why do we have to do that? That that really messes with my mental health. Now, I'm talking as a therapist about mental health and how it messes with me. So I can imagine, and I, I believe I have the tools. Right, Stephen? We believe we have the tools to deal with this stuff. But at the end of the day, you can't keep dealing with the same stuff and, and getting re-traumatized with the same stuff and, and be normal or whatever that means. Yeah. So, go ahead. Now, I was going to say, kind of like what you're saying and what Jaleel said, it's, it's, it's forms of racial trauma. You know what I mean? Uh, like what Jaleel's saying, like you, we, and even bro said, you know, we desensitize or Jaleel said, you know, you get to a point, you get numb to it. And again, that's the, that's the traumatic part because our brain doesn't want to continue to take us down that road. Right. Like right. Uh, um, it's a, it's one of the best books I ever read. It was, uh, I, I, I hate that I can't think of the author, but it's called, I don't know if you read it or not, The Body Keeps the Score. Yeah, yeah, um, I got so that book. Yeah, so it's just talking about how like your body and your brain understands those traumatic those traumatic events that you went through at a certain point and it stores it and it knows it. Even So even if we desensitize and we act as if like what Julia said a lot, you know what I'm saying? I, I numb myself and I act as if I'm going through the day like it didn't happen, but your right. body and your brain knows that you saw that black man get killed this morning on the way to work. You know what right, I mean? Right, your right. body is keeping that score. It's keeping that score. It's keeping that score. So, you know, we can smile and we can act like, you know, whatever on the exterior, but on, on the inside, we stay, our body is keeping that score and we know what's going on. So even with you, like you said, I got to, you got to talk to your son a different way. I know, bro, you know what I'm saying? His, his daughter be driving in a year or two. You know right, right. About three, four years away myself. So like, Again, that's forms of racial trauma because we got that we got to explain it differently. You know, you got a white counterpart. You got you can't tell your you know it's different conversations. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean. I gotta have a different conversation. We gotta have a different conversation with our son than our white coworker or white counterpart or whoever has yeah. had with their son. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm sure different feelings. Again, that's all black man. I can't count how many times I've put, been pulled over. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right, right, right. Crime, like you say, a crime committed, probably so not paying my tax, speeding, right, whatever. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? But then the harassment that comes with that, I can, I can, you know, I'm not trying to uh, trivialize my experience because I've never been brutalized, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Being police brutality, but I've been harassed. Where you going? Why are you out this late? What you got in your car? 
have my car searched, you know what I'm saying? Because, it, and again, like, you know, we say these things in a moment. We don't have to, but in a moment, man, you know, you don't feel comfortable. You get pulled over. I'm sure, sure y'all know three or four other cop cars come. They all got their lights on. You know what I mean? And they telling you they want to search your car. Like, a lot of times in the moments, you're not really, you know, brave enough to really be like, yeah. nah, I'm in my ground. And, you know, like, and this is prior. Now, maybe I probably would do it, depending on what I got going on, who I got in the car with me, you know. But, you know, it's like, all right, I know I ain't got nothing. Go ahead. But still, that's a form of harassment. Why are you? It why is. You know right. and, and, and prejudice and all that. So why you want to search my car, you know? You know? I want to I wanna tap into that a little bit, like, like you were just talking about. So, like, the racial trauma is there, right? But we have to really look at, and, and we have to be honest, it's it's perpetuated, right? right? So a lot of times we even perpetuate our own racial tra trauma, okay? Because I'm going to tell you how. So my mom always had this rule that she would always say, better safe than sorry. And I hate that rule, right? Because her better safe than sorry was, like, even it didn't matter whether it was dealing with someone from school or at a job, especially when you're dealing with white people, oh, just just let it go, get past the situation, then deal with it later, right? You know what I'm saying? A lot of our 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 grandfathers and grandmothers and, and parents told us, you know, keep your head down, don't make waves. We can even look they at it. We all, yeah. They come from that extreme, extreme. Right, yeah. so, so they're tell, telling us to accept it because this is how life is, Right. And, and move on. Right. Instead of addressing the issue of how people are being treated, what's not right. And then we don't come to each other's aid when these things happen. If right. we look at the BLM movement. Right. Yeah. It's more of everybody out there than us. True. Mm. OK. So mm. and, and I had to look at it. I was guilty of it. I've worked at a place and a black person got wrongfully fired. They got fired for something they shouldn't have got fired for. I ain't go to the uh, HR office and say, no, nah, that wasn't right. Because that ain't my business and I got to work. But I sure signed up on that list and got some of them hours. <laughs> like, we yeah, do yeah. it. That's, that's real. Right? We do it. Oh, so, so we perpetuate that, right? You get into a situation with the police and then you have one individual, you know, well, I can say because it it's not happened to me before. Get pulled over, you know, the police going through all this and I'm going off like, oh no, they bogus. And I'm sitting there, end up being there for an hour. Then they let me go. Okay. Oh, I'm finna go, I'm finna go file this complaint. I'm doing this, I'm doing that. Did you get a ticket? No, I ain't get no ticket. Well, no, leave it alone. You don't want them, you don't want them looking for you and watching you. Just leave it alone, let it be. And then you do that. And now every time they see you, they pick with you. They pick with you. They do this, they do that. So a lot of it is really educating our people on the laws and politics. A lot of it is also policing our own neighborhoods. Because like we talk about police brutality, right? The over the oversaturation of police in our neighborhoods. What is their number one reason to say why they're oversaturating our neighborhoods? Violent crimes. Violent crimes, right? But we are not, as Black people, which I have a problem with this, we're not addressing the black on black crime the same way we are addressing the police brutality, right? And I'm not, I'm not saying that the police brutality is not bad because me, they're on the same level. They're on the same level. But I feel like if we are really going to come at them and start 
moving the needle to make things happen, to get rid of the uh, the immunity uh, that they the immunity clause that yeah. they have that keeps them from getting sued. We have to put things in place so that they have no reason to even overpopulate our neighborhoods. Mm -hmm. Look at their neighborhoods. It's not overpopulated with police officers. Right. Right. Only ours. Yeah. So it sounds like what you're saying, uh, Tony, is that this thing is just not a me thing. It's not just a your thing. It's all of us thing. And, and, and until we all come together and, and to really fight the right way. And I say that is nonviolently, you can still fight this thing. And, and you got you have to be professional because, to be honest with you, you're not going to get anywhere causing a lot of ruckus. Yeah, ruckus allows you to get people's attention but after you get the attention what do you do next with it you you have to get to the table you can't be on the outside trying to trying to make some changes you got to get on the inside so if we're going to protest which i'm cool with that but at the end of the day when protesting is over what's the plan what where do we go from there what how do we get into the boardroom how do we get into the mayor's office how do we get on to the, into the city councils, the, 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 the county boards, these places, these, this is where we need to be voicing our opinion, because at the end of the day, you can't change nothing outside of a building. You have to be inside where they're making the decisions in order for you to change. And the education piece, I say this, when it comes to education, all of us need to stay in our lane and we got a lane. Just like Stephen and I, we got a mental health lane. That's our lane. So guess what? We need to be teaching about mental health. Tony, you, you got your lane. Jaleel, you got your lane. Let's use our lane because it don't make sense for everybody to be in some, one lane trying to do the same thing. You're not equipped to do that. And, and, that's, and, that's, and that's the biggest thing, right? So that's the biggest thing. So like I tell people all the time, like I'm like, I tell people all the time and, and bro will tell you, I'm not no mental health expert. I understand mental health and I know right. how it works, right. right? But I'm not the therapist. Mm -hmm. So I'm gonna connect you with a therapist. I can give you a base level to get you to understand a little bit and segue you to a therapist. Right, um, right. You have a housing issue. I can show you some things about housing and segue you to someone that can really help you. Us as a people, and it goes back to that and I don't want to offend nobody, but I say this all the time, right? We look at our churches, right? I feel like we have too many black churches. Mm -hmm. We have too many black churches because a lot of people don't want to work together and everybody is not operating in their gifts. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. If, if, if this person has a, uh, a lane, I right. want to do that too. Right, right. And instead of working with them and bringing my people so they can learn from him, I'm going to do it myself because I'm afraid of my people going with them. So it's all about a, a, a issue of us losing leadership. We fear the loss of leadership. Me and Kevin talked earlier about right. the idea of being a leader is, is, to, is to follow, lead, then follow. Right, right, right. You can't lead if you don't know how to follow. It's just that simple. I mean, because at some point, uh, you're going to have people that follow you. And if you were, the, you were a bad follower, then you're going to be even worse leader. 
<laughs> and, and, and so what the thing about educating uh, people, though, is that we have to understand just what you were saying, what our gifts are. And a lot of people don't do they don't understand that. You know, what I mean, even even so I even well, why is that? Well, because well, I, I think I think my bad. I mean, interrupt. It's no, like, no, go ahead, go ahead. It's both. It's like they may not understand, but then they also may look at like, and Jaleel can see this too, because you know me and Jaleel be on the Twitter wave and, and everything else. But they also see what's getting more attention. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So some people may understand what they get in, but they see okay, but this is getting all the this is getting all the attention. As a young crowd would say, the clout. This is all yeah. getting all the clout over here. So I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try to maneuver over here and do this. But that's not what you're good at. And if the total goal, if the total goal is to, at the end of the day, we just want to help the people, then it shouldn't matter because, you know what I'm saying, if if, if we a rap group and, and Kevin, you know what I'm saying, if, if you if you the lead rapper, then us three, got we got to know our roles. We can't just be right. like, oh, we want to be, nah, he, that's what he do, that's what he good at. I was right, like, right. bro, like, it's always been easy for us to tag team off each other because, like, bro, he a natural born leader. That's not really my... I, that's not really what I'm good at. I'm not that type of dude, but I could call bro and like think about doing this. He'll call back, got this, this set up for this, and this will right, be right. in two, three weeks. And I'm like, all right, bet we good. But they, like he just saying, like the connection, he he yeah. knows yeah. he can do that. That's what he's great at. So it's about not only is you got to understand it, and then you got to accept it. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's yeah. when you get like, all right, what are you in it for? Are you really in it for your people? If you are you because if you're in it for your people, you don't care about you know who who the lead rapper is. You know what I mean? If right, you're right. People, then you in it for your people. We're going to get there. We're going to get to where we need, or at least we're going to be, and our lot of time we can say we push things forward. You know what I'm saying? That's what we, that's what all we, all we can hope for. And wherever it is, when we are 80 and 90 years old, then that's where it is. But like when you got people who don't want to, you know, they want to do this and they want to do that, or they don't want to accept them roles, then it's like, you know, it goes. And then too, like when you're talking about educating, like, like what Tony was talking about, and like what everybody was talking about, just educating our people is like, you know, okay, when he was talking about uh, understanding, like, we got a job and somebody, you know, just understanding those traumas that we were, were perpetuating, he used to come up right, with. Right, right. It's like, the thing, and it's true, it's all facts, but then we got to teach people to, the thing about it is, like, like he's in his own position, he didn't even know that he was perpetuating racial trauma by that dude getting fired and him saying, instead of standing up for his brother, he was like, let me get them hours, let me get that position. Right. So that's all part, a part of understanding because once they understand then we can start, or once we start educating, then people can understand that this is us promoting, uh, or we, I don't want to continue, I don't want to perpetuate that, but you have to be educated before right. you can do that, which is the overall theme as far as seeing like with systemic or systematic. Cause that's like, I'm looking at this trial, I've been paying attention and it's like, you know, I think the further you get into to mental health or just into politics and just reading and learning more, you start thinking grander and on a bigger scale. So even yep. I'm already thinking like, all right, you know, who knows what's gonna happen? It's really a crapshoot with this type of stuff. I, I think he is gonna get found guilty, but let's but maybe he doesn't. But let's say he does. Before this trial could even like we just talked about, before this trial could even end, there's another Derek Chauvin already in that right. same city. Yeah. So it's like we had we got like when, how do we get to a point that now we have to change the system? The system like the system has to be changed. Yes. And they talk and and when you look at it, you know they they way of changing the system is they continuously giving money to police. And I don't want to get into defunding the police and everything. So I know it's not what we're here for. But like y'all steady giving them money, y'all steady creating more Derek Chauvins and more and more of these all the rest of these officers who are creating these issues because the system isn't being changed. 
But that's what that's what Tony was talking about earlier. Jay, I'm gonna let you go in a minute. Uh, that's what Tony was talking about earlier. Is is that protected uh, immune and immunity? Whatever I can't say immunity. Immunity. <laughs> yeah, but that's what that's it. And but that's yeah. what the unions are doing with our police officers, and and they have to be held accountable just like if we if it was us. So you know we we there's no difference. It has to be a level playing field across the board, but who do we think is going to make that change for that for them but it's see fun. you're talking about that right we're talking about the unions yeah so, like here we go right even before that so like what bro was just talking about so one of my favorite slogans is creating opportunity right mm -hmm. so if we look at tv name me the five successful type of black people you see on tv ball player they all everybody an entertainer yep now you got even influencers, social media. <laughs> yeah. So, so look, look. So that's what you see, right? So now, if this is all I see successful, so there's a thing I've been really studying called the hidden curriculum, because mm -hmm. I'm going to UIC for urban education. So that's because okay. I want to be a superintendent. So if we look at the hidden curricula in school, you never really hear about too many successful African Americans. Tell me, Jalil, how many black successful African-American mathematicians you heard about while you was in school? None. Absolutely. None. How many did you see of them on the wall when you was in that math class? None. Let's go to science. Let's go to history. None across the board, bro. You yeah. know that. Yeah. <laughs> right. yeah. So, 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 so what the hidden curricula tells you is we're not good enough to be in those lanes. Right. Okay. So now you have that. So then the TV shows you Everybody bad. Let's look at the TV shows that we get. Like, there's no more Cosby shows. Blackish is the closest one. Mm -hmm. And they made one or two episodes from somebody finding a way to take them off the air. But the thing is, we have to introduce our children to successful black people. That starts with us, right? We got to teach our children about the Dr. Claude Andersons. We got to teach them... Um, about even the local black people who are effective in what they do. We got to introduce yeah, them yeah. to black police officers. I want to ask you bro. Go ahead, bro. I don't mean to interrupt, but I just want to ask, do you think, is that, some, is that number one, is that fair? And number two, is that something that we should be fighting for? Because, okay, okay I'll just, I, I, and it's crazy, that just popped in my head because I'm thinking, you know, anytime something, what we do, I'm thinking, like I said earlier, we got to have a different conversation with our son. So I'm thinking like, damn, but the white people, they don't got to, they don't got to teach their kids about the presidents because they know they they kids gonna get taught about honest Abe and everything like that, and they know these kids gonna get taught about the, the everything that you ask that we say no to. They right. know their kids getting taught about that, and it's like, is it? It's not fair. I don't I, I, like I said. This really just popped in my head. So like, it's not. Is it? We gotta do it. We still gonna do it. But is it fair that we gotta do that? You know what I mean? Be, just because we naturally looked at as inferior and, and everything else. It's yeah, not. Right. I, I, I mean, I, I want to hear from from Jaleel real quick before because I I don't want him to sit here and think you know he getting off the hook because he the youngest. No, I, I want to hear what he got to say. Well, the thing is, like I've been sitting here and it's like y'all didn't pass up like two three points where I had like an answer <laughs> to, but then y'all just keep going, so I just sit back and what, just kind of wait. Go back to it and pick it up, and we'll pick it yeah, back up when we need to pick sure. it up. Well, no, because when what you was talking about earlier, where you said you had to teach your son about okay, don't pull over where there's no lights at, or how we gotta teach our 
kids that right or like Stephen said where it's like you get in these situations right and you think about everything that you would do but in that moment you kind of lose it right because it's just like fear sets in and all of that practice that goes out the window but you know that situation in Virginia right with that army lieutenant he did exactly what you said he didn't pull over exactly where it was dark at he pulled into a gas station had his hands out the window they came out guns you know drawn right and then he was an army lieutenant so you know he's properly trained yeah. And all of that stuff goes out the window because he's scared. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, we can teach our kids that we can try to do that. It's like it goes out the window. So it's kind of hard to try to teach I, that. I don't teach my son that. Like I said, I, I stopped doing that because here's the thing. More of, more of African-American men have died doing exactly what they told them to do. Yeah. Following the rules. Yeah. Right. Without asking the question, without saying, hey, can you get your sergeant? Mm hmm. Because uh, my cousin is a police officer, so he'd be trying to tell me like the rules and stuff like that, like how you're supposed to move and what you can and cannot do. But I feel like a lot of times those rules don't really apply to us. They don't. They don't. In their moment, that's yeah. what I'm saying. In their moments, and, and naturally, your brain just kind of like what Tony said. Uh, I forgot what you said, your mom said, bro. Uh, Safe and sorry. And in the moment, just, I was thinking when you were saying that, I was thinking like, you know, as long I just rather you have come home. I just, you know, you just want to make it home. Like, yeah, yeah they're gonna violate my rights. I'm, you, but at that moment, you was like, I just want to make it home. I don't, yeah. you know, you know, it'll just be like, yeah, I think that's, I think that's right. Cause like the older I get, you know, I look at things a lot different than I was when I was your age, Leo. It's like I look at like my family. Like, do they need me? You know what am I really there for? You know, as a father, as a husband, as a, as an uncle and all this, I'm like, is it worth it? You know what I mean? I, I can just put my hands out, out the window or I can just pull over and, you know, hopefully prayerfully, you know, they don't kill me. Yeah. But at the end of the day, will I be able to drive off and pull into that driveway that my wife is sitting in the living room waiting on me to walk through that door? You know what I mean? So I think differently now. But that ain't everybody. So I'm not going to, you know, make Man. that a blanket indictment that everyone is going to do that. Man. But you're absolutely right. When you're in the heat of the battle, when you're in the middle of being put over dumb lights behind you, you, you panic. You just panic. I don't care if you've been prepared for this. I don't care if you've had this happen to you uh, 50 million times. It's still going to feel the same way. Mm -hmm. And that's the trauma. That's the trauma piece that I keep that that I'm talking about is that it doesn't matter because when you see them lights, that trigger right there, you already like, oh man, what the heck? You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? You already running it through your head like what's about to happen, what could happen, hopefully what don't happen. You know, you running all that. So the question is, and I think we we already said it. We had a we had a disadvantage before we say go. You know what I mean? Before this ain't even jump off, you already defeated. But it's what you do in the midst of being defeated. It's like how you handle defeat. Yeah, and 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 your brain goes through that traumatic process. You yeah. know what I mean? Just just from simply getting pulled over, you thinking about I ain't trying to be funny, but you man, I get pulled over. Everything about stupid stuff I did in high school, like dang, <laughs> you know, like you know that's yeah. that's that's like kind of the PTSD and the traumatic experience that comes from it. And again, when you, what you're talking about, 
Kevin, not from a lot of times, maybe not from my own experience, but from what we watching. Yeah. 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 Watching what we seeing. It's like, dang, like I, I ran, I ain't paid that toll last time. You know, is that going to show up? Like, you know, all this stuff going through your head. I'm a, I'm a habitual non toll payer. So I'd be bothering me. I get put on like, oh man, I hope they don't, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, is this going to show up? And then it's just going further, you know, cause the longer you sit there, the longer you're there, the more it's like the more issues come, then another cop car come. And it's like, you know, you're going through, I think the kid, I don't, I, you know, sometimes when these things happen, like with the, uh, with Dante, I don't know, what's his name? Right. Dante, Dante right. Yeah. For me, I'm at the point now, I got to go through a process. It takes me a while. If I can be a hundred percent honest with you, I just watched the, the entire George Floyd video last week. I've right. never seen that video before. I'm, I'm not, but I'm not watching it. Yeah, that was my first time watching it last week, and it and it sent and I watched it at work, which I shouldn't have did. It sent chills to my body. Listen, I, it was parts of that that I didn't know happened. Yeah, man, it put you in It's like I, I have to go through a process to watch it. You know what I mean? To when I, to get into the, but even I'm just saying, I'd say I think he got pulled over for like what they say initially. No, he had a fake twenty, fake, fake twenty dollar bill. They said no, not George Floyd. I'm oh, talking about Dante Floyd. Wright. Yeah. Oh, Dante Wright. Yeah, like, registration, yeah, registration. No, it, it was a leaf, and he had a leaf in his like rearview yeah, mirror or something. Right. It was a. It was a. It was a. Uh, um, smell tree. Smell tree in in his mirror, and then he had a registration that was expired. His mama had just gave him the car two months ago. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so so he you know 20 years old you ain't thinking about that yeah, yeah. Like, I don't even know about that about to ride out right yeah. but if i could if i could you know ask a question uh so so you know we look at you know kevin i know you know bro you're gonna know soon you gotta take that you know uh not statistics class but then you gotta take a, another advanced statistics class that's right to like um so i think mine's like standardized testing you gotta learn all these different metrics yeah. and then yeah. i'm minor in criminology so too i get i get that too so like Another thing that bothered me, and bro touched on it earlier, talking about women. So it's like, you know, by numbers, and I and I tweeted about this, by numbers, white people get killed more than yeah. black people. I wanted to bring that up today, too, because I saw that tweet. By numbers. So then there's a couple things. That, so then number one, the only time you see black people protesting and, and, and having an issue with it is when it's unarmed. Are we talking about unarmed? We ain't talking about a black person. I'm going to take lives and he gets killed. Right, 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 right. We talking about unarmed black people who don't have, you know, weapon or aren't posing a threat to the police and somehow they end up dead. So then there's that. Okay. So I don't know out of all these white people, I don't know if they're armed and because, you know, they be the mass shooting. So I don't know if they armed when they get killed. I don't know. But the issue is in 2021, I can't, I don't know, avid news watcher, but I can't remember the last time I've vividly seen a white person, male or woman or child or anything be killed by the police. See, now I work in news. So, so like like I said, I work in news. It's not Mm -hmm. there. You don't see it at all. I'm at work five days a week and I constantly see George Floyd trial. I've been seeing that going on. And it's like, it's rough. And I'm sitting there next to my white coworker. And in my head, I'm just like getting mad. I'm like, I don't even want to see it. And then they talking to me about it and asking me about it. I, like I said, I saw your tweet and I was just wondering, I'm like, okay, so if that is true, right, that more white men and women get killed more than black people by the hands of the police, especially for like no reason, right? Is that the media purposely showing us black people dying and they're just not, because there's got to be some type of police footage out there, right? If this is happening. bro. Especially if there's more, you can't say this. So then it's like, and I don't want to go down like the conspiracy 
rabbit mm-hmm. hole is there an agenda you know i was reading an article it, it was kind of unrelated but it's just about super predators you know when it, with the, the uh it was a, a psychologist i think from philadelphia mm-hmm. who came up with that term and he was predicting in it was what 86 something like that he was predicting in the future all these you know us as black youth will be running the streets going crazy right. which he was 100 wrong about his predictions was way off but in it they were talking about how crimes were stayed consistent but in like i forget the years so forgive me on the years but like in 80 early 80s crime was never the lead in the news it was never the lead they didn't they didn't and then it became profitable so they went from like they jumped from like 10,000 crime or murder stories to a hundred thousand within the next couple years but the crime number stayed the same Mm-hmm. And then they had they had this running. I don't know, Julia, if you ever heard it. It could have been old school doing it, but they had this running saying in the in the newsroom, if it bleeds, it leads. So like if there's blood, then they lead in with that. Yeah. So and to go back to the early, my, my first thing I talked about is like, now we is it is it just because black trauma is 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 profitable now? You know what I mean? They know what's gonna come up. Is it is it just simply because of views? Is it like the the skip Bayless type deal? You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Right, 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 right. So we're gonna lead with that and, and we know what's gonna come with that, or is it because is it something different? Is there like this this other hidden agenda, or maybe it's because of all these things com- combined together? Well, I have it. You uh, said if it, if it, if it's black and brown and bleed, then they lead with it, right? But when you start to show white people getting killed, like the only thing that they show you really about white people getting killed, they show you the mass shootings because right. they want the sympathy, right? But if you show the white people getting killed by police no, officers, don't do that. They've shown you walking them out. <laughs> right, right. But I'm just saying, if you show, if you show white on white crime from police to white civilians, you're going to lose your donors and your sponsors because, because that's not what they want to see. Is it? And it's because and and overall, you start dehumanizing the value of the white life. Because exactly. we all, all four of us, or all, all of us have sat here and said, we go to a process, or I think all of us said, we go to a process where we just numb. It's hard mm-hmm. to keep up. You know, you got this. So you got, we got, we got, we got George Florham child. We got the new 20 year old kid. They, I just heard about the one in uh, Wisconsin, the one that got shot, he paralyzed. I forget his name. It's, that's what I'm saying. There's so many, but the cop that Thank shot you. him, the cop that shot him, uh, Blake, something, I forget his name, Blake. Uh, yeah, I know you're talking about the, yeah. yeah the, cop, the cop that shot him. Too he, many he, names he, to remember. Yeah, he's back at work now. He going, he shot him, he's back at work now. You know what I mean? So it's like, is it, it's like you do, you don't want to, de- so we saying we, we, uh, we numb ourselves because we don't want to go through this and we desensitize to it. But then that, I think, Tonk, bro, you know what I'm saying? It, it's one of the factors is we know we don't have, it's, it's so many, but that's one of the factors that I think helps facilitate black on black crime, even though we know race on race to crime, that, that race is, you know, leads that race in crime, but it helps us devalue our own life because mm-hmm. we see it all the time. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? There's other, there's other factors there, but you know, I may be more prone to, to killing my brother because I mean, y'all showing me that y'all don't care about me on TV. Y'all killing us all the time too. So, it's, you know, that could be a, that could be a fact. I think it's a lot of different things. So I wasn't looking for one specific a- mm-hmm. answer, but it's always funny to me. I think Candace Owens, who I, who I'm not, I, oh, wow. I hate. I That's a whole other story. Yeah, but I, she was the first person to start perpetuating these numbers, yeah. but there's nothing behind it. You know yeah. what I mean? And yeah. I was just saying, like, you learn in these classes, Kevin, I'm like, you know, you got to break these numbers down. What, you yeah. know, what they all mean, standard deviation from the yep. mean, all this yep. stuff. Yep. You know what I mean? You got to yep. break all that stuff down. So the, it's kind of lazy to just be like, well, more white people are killed. Than, right, right. No, no, you got to do, you got to do the research. And I will say this, fellas, man, this is therapeutic for me 
as a therapist to even have these type of conversations. And, and I think that what we're doing is it has to happen more often in bigger groups of individuals and especially black men is where we can educate one another because not one person know all the answers or have all the answers. And right. so it's, it's, it's important that we do exactly what you guys are talking about, but there's a sect of us that don't get it, that, that they don't see it that way. Only thing they see is what they see on TV. They don't see beyond the veil or the, or the silhouette of what's happening behind the scenes, the puppet master back there. They don't see that because they refuse to look past the psychology of what's actually happening in, in today's society. So, I, and, and I wanna put this out as a disclaimer too. We're not bashing white people because there are some good white people out there. We're just saying where the inadequacies are when it comes to black and brown people. That's what we're, that's all we're saying, because I got some really good white friends. I respect them. They respect me. But at the end of the day, I'm still black and I still deal with these pressures of life as a black man. So I have to address that. It's important that we use our platform, fellas, on um, and, and get the word across and, and make sure that we, we do the right thing. So as we get to uh, get ready to wrap up here, man, this thing could go on forever. And yeah. there are going to be many more episodes that where we'll get to chop it up and talk about other aspects of uh, the black male. But I wanted to uh, really uh, share this platform with you, uh, Stephen and Tony and, and Jalil today, uh, just to kind of, I guess, you know, to be honest with you, to have my own therapy, you know what I mean? Uh, again, because... I struggled with it. I struggled with it a couple of days and this, it, it, it re-traumatized me because I remember doing the same thing when George Floyd, that stuff happened. And to hear within the last couple of days, it wasn't eight minutes. It was actually nine minutes and 29 seconds. Mm -hmm. and, and man, to, uh, to know that George Floyd will never get to walk his daughter down the aisle to get married, to know let to know that George Floyd can't hold his grandson granddaughter to 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 know that he can't ever go to any more family reunions and enjoy his family that right there bro more than anything my family mean everything to me and to, to if i can't enjoy that kind of stuff with my with my people i don't know i just don't know bro so to see that happen I just I was feeling some type of way when it happened, and now I'm re-traumatized through through the courts, the trial, and and then in the midst of a trial, you got somebody else getting killed and somebody getting pepper sprayed, and and even in our own city, Rockford, we've had some some killings in the last couple of days here, and ain't nobody saying anything about it, and it's just quiet. So you know, I I, I really do hate to kind of wrap this up, but at the end of the day, brothers, I appreciate what y'all bring uh, to this community. And we definitely going to do something in the future together. So before we get out of here, I'm just going to give you guys a chance to say some last words and uh, we can chop it up. Uh, shoot me the t your numbers. I got your email so we can chop it up and we can meet, uh, we mask up and everything and just continue this conversation. But I will have you guys back uh, to talk about some more stuff and, and, and uh, to uh, really, you know, talk you guys up and what you guys are doing because it's, it's like this, uh, each one teach one, you know what I mean? So we all have to educate ourselves, help each other out and push the envelope on, on getting our brothers on their feet. All right. So uh, Jaleel, you want to uh, 
say something before we get up out of here? Then we'll go to Tony and Steven uh, end it out. Uh, they can go first and then I'll okay. end it. Okay, cool. Uh, go ahead. Well, I, I, yeah. Well, first, I, you know, thank y'all. I, I know I thanked you a little earlier, but again, Kevin, uh, thank y'all for sharing your platform with us. Uh, I appreciate it. Like you said, it gets to the point that it's therapy for, 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 you, for us to be able to talk and, and share these things and get with like-minded people. Again, I, I just, I would just really encourage everybody, man, just to educate yourself as much as possible from an objective news point. And I'm not necessarily saying CNN or Fox News or whatever. I don't want to sway anybody, but my whole thing is like, I, I just want people to understand like from like, the trauma standpoint, what is what it means, understand it, and then like how we were saying from this conversation, because then you, that's when you can react to certain situations differently, understand the type of situation you're in. Um, Kevin, like you said, this is becoming an undercurrent. We know, you know, mental yeah. health, trauma, and these words, they become buzzwords, but I think, you know, we just got to try our best to really understand what they mean. Depression, anxiety, trauma, yeah. like, you know, yeah. let's, let's, and it doesn't take a lot, you know, I ain't saying you got to go through, you know, the program or anything like that become a counselor but just try to get a little bit of help or reach out and get a counselor and get a session or something like that so i'm always for that man i'm always for that mental health man let's grow in that as much as possible especially within our black community appreciate that well, brother well i know um me and bro we always say that you always gonna get therapy i was uh speaking with uh kevin earlier and i shared it with him because the people we're always going to get therapy whether it's going to be good or bad so in situations and, and times like these, I think it's even more mindful, the people that you have around you and who you share these conversations with. Because we have to think and, and really realize that when we're going through traumatic situations and issues, the people and the conversations that you have around you really play off of your emotional state. You know, it can sway you to do different things that you wouldn't do in a normal state of mind. So be mindful of the company that you have yeah. in the midst of your traumatic experiences. But again, thank you for having us. You know, it's always good to talk to you, Kevin. Jaleel, always good to see you. Appreciate and bro, you. Bro, you already know how we do. Appreciate sure. you. Yeah, so I just want to say uh, thank you for coming on. Like I said, I was not expecting this today, but I'm glad that we was able to have this conversation. Hopefully we can get y'all back on here individually or as a group again. I think something I always just think about is just like not to be woke because I hate that word, but to be aware is to like be pissed yeah. all the time. It's just like always being bad because you're constantly thinking about everything that's going on. So regardless, like I said, we need to do the work. It starts at home. It starts with our kids. Make it better out here for the future. Yeah, yeah. I, I will. I will say this, fellas, as we get up out of here. I want to thank everybody for listening to us for one and then two to know that everybody on this uh, platform here today raised their voices in a way to help. We're, we're not here to hinder or hurt anyone, but what we're here to do is to educate our people. And if that means we're, we're going to bring it to the forefront, we, we're done with ignoring and not reconciling of what's going on in this world. You have to attach it. I mean, you have to attack it head on and let the chips fall where they may. This is for everyone to learn. If you're not black, let me repeat that. If you're not black or brown, this is still educational for you. 